Hey, Sid. Hey, Dad. <laughs> so we're getting a little bit of a late start tonight. Um, I feel like there's tension in <laughs> the air right you, now. You, okay, I feel as the therapist that you are projecting tension onto me because I feel perfectly calm. <laughs> but tell me more about your experience with tension. I had a little bit of a day today, okay, everybody? I may have ran out of gas on the side of the road right before this. So I um, may. I'm curious, just uh, how many times have you ran out of gas in your life? That's that's a funny question. Maybe like five <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Is this not a universal experience? Have you never done that before? I think I did one time. See, that's the difference is people do it one time and then they learn. And I yeah. haven't, something hasn't clicked yet. <laughs> and it's like really beginning to be a problem. I love when you were telling me though, the story you were talking about talking to yourself. And it sounded like you were even talking to yourself in the third person saying, Sydney, you need to get gas. Sydney. Oh, yeah. No, it was kind of embarrassing. And then you have to like stand there on the side of the road for so long and all the cars are passing. And I just, it's so bad every time. But I will tell you, as far as the concept of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so when you called, my immediate panic is, okay, you got in an accident. So then you were okay. And you're always good to say, I'm safe. I don't know if you said that, but I heard that in my head. And then I thought I saw flashing lights, which you did the right thing. It was your hazards, right? Mm -hmm. So then I went from, okay, she's not in an accident. Okay, she got pulled over. So then by the time I figure out you just ran out of gas, oh, I, that's a joy. I can't wait to go, <laughs> to go and save you. <laughs> You know, I'm glad. Yeah, and then your cousin Connor was with us, and he figured out how to work the gas can. Yeah, I'm not the thankfully. most handy person in the world, so that was nice. I just I had a day, so I was 45 minutes late because I was doing my laundry. Also, I could wear this shirt, and then I didn't wash this shirt. So <laughs> wait, I like if I smell weird. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Or I'm sorry to you, I guess. I was going to say, I think that, that was at fourth dimension, smell-o-vision. I don't think <laughs> that has been perfected yet. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm kind of going through it. But I do, this, I do, I'm prepared in one place in my life. And it's for this case that we're going to be talking about today. Okay, and I am excited because I know nothing about the case that we're going to talk about today. Except for the one I looked over on your screen once you went through the 15 tabs to figure out the one that... <laughs> I also, wait, introduction. I also forgot shoes. Like, I'm literally, like, I don't know what's going on. Okay. I was barefoot on the side of the freeway. Did you not see that? No, I no didn't. No one addressed it. No. No one addressed it at all. Okay, so dogs I, feel, out I, feel like, I feel like shoes are just things you just put on before you leave the house. Yeah, and I feel like gas is something you put okay, in the car before you get point. on the highway, but look where we are. You know, but we're here. Sid, welcome to episode three of Murder on the Couch. The feedback has been really good. How do you do with positive feedback? Because your cousin Connor was telling you good feedback and I feel like you were not. Do you believe it or do you feel like I'm paying him to do that? No, I don't know. I just don't like compliments. They're so like, I'm just like waiting for them to end, you know, but I do really appreciate them. Yeah. But it's like in my head immediately, I'm like, oh, how am I going to react to this? Like, what am I going to say? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But maybe that's just something. I don't no, know. I I feel like as uh, here's my little therapist hat on. I think people want people to recognize or acknowledge them. But then when somebody actually does, then it's super uncomfortable. So they want to get rid of that discomfort, Sid. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got really good feedback. And we've actually had a, a couple of people. Um, here's where I want to use narcissistic math. And said thousands of people have responded. And asked, why are we not doing the Lori Vallow case? Oh, we are going to do it. We are. We are it. so going to do that. Because I, I could talk about that all day. we got narcissistic family systems. We've got a little bit of sociopathy. We've got narcissism. I mean, there's so many things. So actually, I did a podcast yesterday on my Waking Up to Narcissism podcast. And I used a little bit of Daybell stuff in there about when people think that they are smart and they know things when they are completely not smart and they are saying really dumb things. So I will not say more. So people need to go listen to that episode on Waking Up to Narcissism. But what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. And... I, see, I don't know the story. It's another instance where the system just completely failed this girl. There were so many times where it should have gone differently than it did. Mm. It's weird. I don't even know how to explain it. It's almost like this mother kidnapped her own daughter, in a sense. We're going to be talking about Munchausen by Proxy. Munchausen by Proxy, which, which, okay, nerd stuff here. Munchausen by Proxy was renamed in the latest Diagnostic and Statistic Manual to fictitious disorder. So that'll give us a little heads up on what we're maybe going to be talking they about. They changed it to that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, okay. So this is kind of a funny thing. If you even look at things like, have you ever heard of Asperger's? Yeah, actually someone in this case has that. Do they? Today, okay. So, so into that. okay. So Asperger's is no longer Asperger's. It's on the autism spectrum. So it's autism spectrum disorder. 
So we no longer call it Asperger's. And Munchausen by proxy or even Munchausen disorder was named after Baron von Munchausen. So, okay, let's get into a little bit of uh, me thinking I know what I'm talking about. So I think that the reason Asperger's was renamed was because the person it was named after turned out to not be a good person, but I may be defaming his name. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we don't want to talk about Baron von Munchausen for some reason. I don't know if he was in, eventually found for war crimes. I don't know. But so now we just put it as fictitious disorder. So basically, like, nothing about it changed. Just no. the name that they yeah. slapped on top of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, let's get into the case. Let's do it. Let's start by talking about Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So, who was Gypsy? She was born on July 27th, 1991. Wait, when were you born? Whoa, asking me a lot of questions right now. <laughs> Wait, were you, aren't you around that time frame? 2002. Oh. So, kind of? Oh. So, okay, no. <laughs> okay, okay. I knew when you were born. Yeah, you're the one who... You didn't birth me. No, I did not. <laughs> Anyways, Gypsy was given a very tough hand of cards. Is that the way you say it? Uh, she was Something dealt a like tough that. hand. Yeah. Yeah. She had a lot of medical issues. So she had asthma, epilepsy. She was hearing impaired, vision impaired, fed with a feeding tube all the time. Wow. She had muscular dystrophy, paralyzed from the waist down. So she was always in a wheelchair and she was mentally handicapped. So she had the brain of a child or like a teenager. And was this from the time of birth? It started when she was like three months old. She had sleep apnea. Like it just seemed like this child had every single ailment that existed. Yeah. So it was just a really sad, sad story. And kind of the angel in her story, I guess, was her mother. Her mother was Claudine Blanchard. And she goes by Didi. So we're going to refer to her as Didi. Okay. Didi is Gypsy Rose's mom. Yes. Didi basically just dedicated her entire life to caring for Gypsy. I know I should like be on edge because it's something nefarious turn is going to happen because the way we're talking about right now, you said it's her angel, it's her mom, her kid has all these problems. So right now I'm a fan of Didi. Yeah, everyone is. Okay. Everyone in the okay, community okay, okay, loves okay. Didi. They would get like free charity trips and stuff. They would oh. get like money sent to them all the time because everyone just wanted to see this daughter be okay. And another part of it was Gypsy was like, she had the light of I don't know where I'm going with this, but she was a really good, like she was really, She's really radiated po- positive yes. energy. That, that, okay. like in all the videos I saw of her, like she was always in a hospital bed. I swear, oh. always. But she was always smiling. Wow. And always just like, yep, I'm going to get my second surgery of the week. Just crazy stuff like that. Her attitude was always just that of someone who was so happy. And I think that's part of why the community was so moved by this story was because she was given like the shittiest set of cards ever. And she was treating it like I'm making the best of it. This is what this is my lot in life. And then it sounds like Didi was a saint. So the the end of the story. So now for that (laughs) terrifying turn. Okay. And it gets dark right away. So, oh, okay. Just warning everybody with that. It's uh, interesting though. So, I when you said so, they were probably raising money, giving money, like the Make a Wish stuff, going on trips. Yeah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it with more detail. But yeah, they had a free house, like free, really everything. So, yeah. before we get into the serious stuff, can I tell you a funny story that I don't think I've ever talked about? Yeah. So when I was in college, I worked at a chain of video stores, which I don't know. Do you remember going to video stores? No. At all? No. Connor? I don't think I've ever been inside a video store. Well, I don't think they exist anymore. Blockbuster, yeah. So I worked for a chain of video stores. It was a dream job for me. I was getting paid minimum wage, $3.25 an hour. This is like one of those that sounds like a really old person, right? But- there was a guy one time and he thought he was going to be hilarious and his name was Mike. I haven't talked to him in 35 years, but he took a picture of his little brother and he put it on a jar and he said like, help get little Dickie get a spinal transplant. And he put it just to be funny. Little and pe- Dickie? Yeah. And people put money in that thing like crazy. And then I felt like it was so wrong, but people were like, oh my gosh. And I remember one time I was checking some lady out, getting videos and her little daughter said, Look, mommy, it's Richard because she went to school with him, you know, and then there was another person one time that said, man, it's amazing what they can do with uh, modern medicine these days, a spinal transplant. But I mean, I just think of that guy within a day or two, that little cash jar was loaded. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine if somebody is radiating positivity and their mom's just saying, man, I'm going to devote my life to helping my daughter that they could have just raised a ton of money. 
Yeah. And we'll get into it more, but what brings someone to be okay with like the morality behind that mm. is what I really don't understand. I have thoughts. Like, how don't you feel so guilty and so, but anyways, okay. Getting back to the case, jumping pretty much to the crime scene. June 14th, 2015, a horrific post is posted on Dee Dee's Facebook account. The post reads, and this is really twisted and not cool, so just letting everyone know. Okay. And I'll put it on the screen for the video version. Okay. Um, that bitch is dead, exclamation Whoa. point. Dee Dee saying this? Yes. Straight from her account. It's just that Whoa. bitch is dead. And this is also, mind you, the account that's posting like surgery updates, positive like things about their family. So this post comes out 3.32 p.m., middle of the afternoon. And everyone is just commenting like, what is going on? Like, are you guys watching a movie? People are trying to wow. like, it's weird. People probably thought she was hacked or something. And then at 3.40 p.m. And this one is, I don't even like, like that my mouth is saying this online, but I want to like put it in for the case, I okay. feel like. Okay. But okay, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet innocent Whoa. daughter. Dot dot dot. Her scream was so fucking loud. LOL. And I'm looking over your shoulder, it's coming from Dee Dee's account. Yes. And it was posted by her daughter, Gypsy, is what we were oh. going to get into right now. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking the mom did this to the daughter. The daughter is saying that about the mom. Yeah. Oh, wow. I had no idea. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. I don't think that Gypsy used these words. Who knows why she used these words? She says later that it's because she just wanted the body to be found because this was actually four days after. Wow. Okay, Sid. You got yeah. a good one. Yeah. Man. Okay. So we're just going to get into all of this because it is just like a crazy story of the victim is also the perpetrator yeah. kind of thing. So it's like it really throws your mind for a loop because I'm on Gypsy's side. Kind, I am on Gypsy's side, actually. Like, really? When yes. we get through this. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy saying that after I just read that. So, yeah, yeah. let's continue. I, I'm at a loss and I know nothing more about this case. And so I am just going to sit back, eat popcorn. Yep. Mentally, mm -hmm. and I want to hear. You won't be eating popcorn. Oh, okay. That's a fair point. All um, right. It's a new day, you guys. Today, I didn't have oil in my car. <laughs> okay. I, I let them in behind the scenes magic. I was trying to make it sound like that you had just finished. Yeah. So the original intro, we ran out of gas. And then this time we ran out of oil. <laughs> but the car's still kicking. It really is. That's and okay. Talk about, we just put oil in the car. And what did you create? I created a funnel. Out of? And you think it's the greatest thing ever, and that's honestly so demeaning. Why is that demeaning? It was so, I literally cut a water bottle in half as a funnel, and he's like, oh my goodness. Okay, so here's where I'm- Albert Einstein, okay. my daughter. <laughs> I'm impressed you know what Albert Einstein is. That's so also offensive. <laughs> okay, but listen to this though. You don't even realize, I feel, says the therapist, I feel that you don't even realize, Sid, that I'm actually taking shots at me because I didn't think of a water bottle funnel because I can fix yeah, nothing yeah. in a car. I know nothing. Cutting this all out. No, you're not. And moving on to the case. Okay. Moving on to the case. <laughs> it's a new day. And this is actually the reason why I go watch on YouTube because we are wearing new clothes and that really is not that exciting. Okay. Back <laughs> no. to you, Sid. The case. Okay. So let's take it all the way back to 1967, May 3rd in Chacks Bay, Louisiana. We are- Wait, can we introduce the concepts of two people with ADHD? I wasn't paying attention. I really do want to know what was the time? 1967. Okay. So I wasn't even born yet. No, yeah, this is a long time ago. So this is when Dee Dee Blanchard was born. Now, no one in her family really has nice things to say about her, unfortunately for her. Everyone just said she was kind of weird. And she was, even as a child, she was manipulative, petty theft, just all that kind of stuff. She was one of five children to Emma Gisclair and Claude Petre. I don't know how to say that. And yeah, they were growing up in Louisiana. And I guess she started, she had a pet tarantula. Which, okay. That's kind of cool. I don't know. Oh, do you think, it, would you I really hold one? No. Okay. There's no way I would. I'm, yeah. But I don't think that's that terrible. She started getting into witchcraft, which that, I mean, you go through one bad breakup and you go through witchcraft. So honestly, I get it. <laughs> it's like kind of par for the course. <laughs> it really is. Okay. 
But what really was strange was when she became a nurse's aide. She was taking care of her own mother at、mm. this time, and her mom mysteriously just like starved to death. And everyone at this time just saw it as just kind of suspicious. No one, there was no like. Okay. Case put out or anything, but just keep that in mind for later, okay? Okay. So she was helping her mother as a nurse's aide, and her mother mysteriously starved to, to death. death. Everyone actually says that she was a lot like her mom. So her、oh. mom, she would literally go to laundromats and just like steal people's laundry, I guess. All that like petty theft. So I guess maybe that's where she kind of learned it from. Do you want? Okay. Can I jump in and go therapy already? Yeah, of course. It's really interesting because there's, I mean, there's truth in that. If you were modeled a certain behavior as a kid, you do kind of feel like, well, that's just what people do. And so, not to make excuses for whatever she's going to do, but if she never saw her own mom take ownership and accountability, or go out and I don't know, work hard and get her own clothes, if it was like, well, look, these people have a ton of clothes anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to miss them. Then,、yeah. as a kid, you grow up thinking, well, "Yeah, okay." And well, not to jump ahead, but further in the case, when we talk about Gypsy again, which is her daughter, she's very manipulative, even after she's、oh. caught and everything. And I feel like that same conversation comes into play of like how, of course, she's going to be manipulative. She was、That's、raised. That's what she learned. Around constant manipulation, like I feel like she would have to go to years of therapy to unlearn what was just built subconsciously in her brain. You There, know? No, there's a concept called differentiation, which is like where one person ends and the other begins because we're all basically codependent and meshed to a, a, to our parents. And so, in order to be more differentiated, you have to either have gone through some serious trauma and gone and sought help. Or just really done a lot of your own work, and most people don't because they don't even know they need to do any work because they're just、that's、being. That's all they know. That's all they know. Yeah, exactly. That's their baseline. Yes. So here's a couple quotes from the family. Bobby Petre, Petre. I don't know how to say it. Petre. It's a.、Uh, they're they're they look like French names, and Louisiana has like a Cajun. So it, I think it would be. Well, I guess I don't even know. How do Petre? I say it? Petre. Louisiana. Petre. 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 That's like southern. <laughs> Bobby, Didi's nephew, describes her as a real weird girl. He believed that she was bipolar or maybe had multiple personalities, but overall, he just said she was definitely an evil person. Yikes! Laura Petre, Didi's stepmom, describes her by saying she was a very filthy person. If it didn't go her way, she would see to it that you would pay. And did we pay? We paid a lot. Wow. The minute she'd have set foot on the bayou, which I guess is the bayou, the back, bayou, yeah, that's like the. I I know what it is. The bayou is like、uh, I don't even know. It's a place. <laughs> well, when、Swamps、she stepped there, crawdads, yeah, the law would have arrested her because she、oh. was making bad checks everywhere she went. Her mother was also a huge shoplifter. She had to go to court. Several several times for shoplifting, before she got married to her then husband, she stole three to four thousand dollars from his father. Wow! So her step or her father in law. So now it is 1991. Didi is 24 years old, and she meets her soon to be husband Rob Blanchard at this place called Bolden Alley. I guess it was just like a hangout place. Rod is only 17, actually. So problematic <laughs> age gap. <laughs> But 1967, whatever. They meet up again the very next week and immediately start dating. Within that same year, Dee Dee becomes pregnant with Gypsy.、Wow. Being from the South, Rod said that he just got married out of expectation and necessity, kind of, because where he was, like, it was just kind of ABC. You know, you marry a girl, or if you get her pregnant, if you get her pregnant, you, you marry her. Yeah. This is the right thing to do. Yeah, and then、yeah. you start a family. Like that was just—he felt like that's what he had to do, so he did. He then said that he woke up on his 18th birthday and realized that he had got married for all the wrong reasons,、hmm. I guess, and he left his pregnant wife. Ooh, okay, well, not so good. Not so good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He does continue to pay child support, though. It was, I think, a thousand two hundred dollars a month. Okay. So he was doing that, but. Yeah, they divorce while she's pregnant, and Dee Dee. I mean, I'm sure she was a wreck. I don't know. Yeah. But she goes and moves in with her stepfather and his wife Laura, the, the one who the said one she who was said filthy. She's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they move in, and she gives birth to her daughter Gypsy Rose Blanchard in Golden Meadow, Louisiana, July 27th, 1991.、Mm. And. It only took three months for this all to begin. At three months old. Rod said that Dee Dee let him know that Gypsy had sleep apnea and she needed a breathing monitor machine every night. Do you know much about sleep apnea? 
I've heard like really old people that, have I know, it. That's, I know, I'm not even trying to crack jokes or be funny, but I didn't even know. I've never heard of a baby having it. And it's usually people, they snore really loud and you have a sleep apnea machine. And so that is kind of odd. It's big. It's bulky. It's not good. Yeah. She had to sleep with it every single night. She later would say that it actually made it harder for her to breathe. So Rod said that it just, it began with the sleep apnea and then it just kept going and going. Suddenly she had problems with her eyes. She had problems with her hearing. She can't walk. So when she was five years old, Gypsy gets into a motorcycling accident with her grandfather and Dee Dee just takes this and runs with it. She goes to the doctor. She's convinced that Gypsy can't walk. Oh, wow. She's like, my daughter needs a wheelchair. Like, she's not okay. In later interviews, Gypsy will say that she literally had a scratch on her knee. Oh, wow. But she exited this hospital with a full wheelchair. Jeez. Dee Dee's going to get her way. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Gypsy is five years old at this time, and Dee Dee's already claiming that she has muscular dystrophy, a horrible chromosome disorder, She told Rod, the father of her child, that she wasn't even going to live to be 18 years old. Her mental capacity was five years behind, so she was acting like a literal, like, child, like a baby, I guess, even though she was a child. Some reports say it was kindergarten, others say it was second grade, but by the time she reached one of those, Dee Dee pulled her out of school because she said she was too ill to be around other students. So at this point, Gypsy's completely being homeschooled by Dee Dee. She's not allowed to hang out with friends. Wow, starting to isolate her. She's in this wheelchair that who knows what is even going on with that at this point. It's just, it's already <clears throat> so awful. So at this point, Dee Dee's still making bad checks. She's collecting the child support money uh-huh. and still living in her father's house. Dee Dee's stepmom suddenly falls extremely, extremely ill. Like, wow bedridden. Her husband said that he didn't even know if she was going to live. So the family started to pay closer attention to it and they actually realized that she was only getting sick when Dee Dee was around. Oh, okay. Noticing a pattern. Yeah. She was only falling ill, like bedridden when Dee Dee was cooking the meals, when Dee Dee was around. So the family eventually actually confronts Dee Dee. She just won't take any of it. She picks up Gypsy and they move to New Orleans alone. So just just if she's going to be accused of something, she's getting out of town. She's running away. Okay. And Rod says that at this point, it was just, it was so hard because they were just so isolated now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Away from the family, away from everyone. So at that point, they, I'm sure they don't take anybody's phone calls. They're not going to, I mean, she's not going to go anywhere near somebody that knows what she's up to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, this part is just a little weird because it sounds like a lot of people in the family were suspicious. Uh-huh. Like Rod says that. One of the relatives said to him one time, they were like, I saw her walk. Like, she, you know, she can walk, right? And so Rod confronts Dee Dee and Dee Dee just, she always has something to say. She's like, it's progressive. It's getting worse. It's just, it's like a bad right now, but it's going to get worse. Like, she just always has something to cover her ass. Yeah. And... It's it's crazy, yeah. She's very manipulative. So Dee Dee and Gypsy are now living in Slidell, New Orleans, alone. And they're paying rent, living off of the wellness checks. Gypsy is 10 years old at this point. And Dee Dee was shaving her head every day or every week, I don't know, you know. Shaving Gypsy's head? Shaving Gypsy's head and claiming that she had leukemia. Wow. At this point, if we laid everything out, she has muscular dystrophy, a chromosome disorder. She has leukemia, needs a sleep apnea machine, needs a wheelchair, all these things. All of these things. Apparently, if Gypsy would try to walk, she would hit her with a coat hanger. Oh, wow. She was taking so, so much medication, none of which she needed. It was found actually later that the side effects of a lot of her medications would match the symptoms of the diseases that her mom was claiming she had. So it's all just so calculated and it manipulative. Is. Have we already talked about the potential diagnosis yet? We we did at the beginning okay. a little bit. And leading into that, Gypsy wasn't a child to Dee Dee. She was an object. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of the Mount Munchausen thing. Munchausen right? by is, proxy, yeah. That's not a child. That's your tool. It is. It's a way to get attention. It's a way to feel like you have control, to get power in a sense, and just to feel like you you matter. It's so sad. At this point, Dee Dee also had a feeding tube inserted into her. Wow. Constant feeding tube, which that one gives me the ick. Imagining that being stuck inside of you all the time is awful. And the medication was literally causing her teeth to fall out. Oh, and I feel so bad for her. I really yes. do. I really do. It's a kid. 
a kid, a child, a little girl who is so positive every day still is taking handfuls of medication. Shaving her head, these, getting hit with a coat hanger. These medications would cause her to feel super drowsy and mm. out of it all the time too. Yeah. Which her mom would use to her advantage. She would drug her up, I'm sure, before like important things yeah. where she wanted to make her look mentally less than she was kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Dee Dee would constantly take her to the emergency room. It seemed like every other night she was at the emergency room. She had something else wrong with her. I'm sure doctors. I was going to ask you, did you find any stuff that says that medical people were? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Not only was like her family i mean i don't want to blame her family but this is just another situation where it seems like so many people knew doctors knew family members knew and nobody wanted to be the one to, to take it all yeah, apart yeah yeah everybody's kind of wonder if they're just hoping or assuming that somebody else will which is just so messed up because this is a child like she doesn't know how to help herself you know yeah they're living in new orleans and hurricane katrina hits in 2005 oh, i was about to ask do you remember that but you would have been two or three yeah or, i don't remember it was it was big it was yeah. brutal obviously awful um i guess their like home got destroyed and stuff but well, i like how i said i guess their home got destroyed and stuff like <laughs> their home got destroyed <laughs> it did it, that, that was and oh go ahead she well do you have something well just that was one of the first things that i ever remember when hurricane katrina was just devastating and there were all this video of I me in a tower entire cities were just wiped out and it was like flood people are trapped and abandoned on the roofs and they fit everybody into this big sports arena called the superdome or something and i mean it was it was crazy and people were out of their homes for years what's even crazier is that Didi didn't see it as a tragedy she basically oh. just used it to her advantage okay her and gypsy move into i think the temporary housings or whatever okay. for that yeah. time and Didi saw a specialist i guess that told her to go to missouri where she would get help with gypsy's medical situation mm -hmm. and this is where media just picked up the story and oh. it took off right because mm -hmm. it was this sick sick girl and her single mom their house had just been destroyed in hurricane katrina they didn't have anything they had all these medical bills so the media just ran with it it was a beautiful story honestly when well, people were looking for feel-good stories around that time of her things like hurricane katrina you That's, know it, so people are gonna is, run with it it's taking advantage of people's like sympathy or i don't yeah, know what the word yeah, is yeah, yeah habitats for humanity actually picks up this story and they build them a super nice home with a hot tub a wheelchair ramp wow like she is the con woman of the century. Yes. And when Didi will now go to these new doctors and specialists in Missouri, mm -hmm. she claims that all of the medical records had been destroyed in Hurricane, in Hurricane Katrina. Katrina. She claims that Gypsy's birth certificate was destroyed, all the medical records. So basically, it her just word. gave her a completely blank slate. Yeah. To tell them whatever she wanted. I still have a hard time that people, because doctors know what symptoms look like or the things that don't go with each other. I, I don't know. No. Yeah, exactly. And that leads straight into this. Well, first of all, they're going to concerts. Okay. They're getting donations from charities and everyone wanted to help. And like, she got to meet like the Harry Potter cast and oh. stuff. Like, glad she at least got to do some right? of that stuff, but. No. In 2007, she actually sees a doctor who is suspicious of her, finally. Wow. Right? Yeah. So this doctor was a pediatric neurologist. His name was Bernardo Flasterstein. He was very suspicious of Gypsy because he was looking at her legs uh -huh. and her legs that were supposedly paralyzed and they had muscle on them gotcha and that kind of made sense to me because i feel like yeah. they're like you can tell if yes. someone has been in a wheelchair for a super super long their time, legs would probably atrophy the muscles thin. would atrophy yeah so he's suspicious and he's doing all these tests for muscular dystrophy they're coming back as negative mm -hmm. and he actually puts in his notes the mother is not a good historian Oh. Yeah. He also noted there is a strong possibility of Munchausen by proxy with maybe some underlying unknown etiology to explain for her symptoms. So someone said it. Yeah. Someone said it. He wrote it down. He put it in the notes and she still gets away with it. I guess he spoke to his colleagues uh -huh. and he was trying to get this situation to move further and they just told him to give it up. Because the family was, I guess, so high and respected that 
Well, I, I bet they had so much uh, media attention. I would imagine that maybe that they felt like that nobody's going to believe him. Yeah. Wow. I just hate that because it's like, it's a little girl. The truth is going to come out. Like it was never going to have a happy ending. Yeah. It was never something you could have just pushed under the rug because she's going to keep getting abused. Yeah. There's a couple things. One, I did a podcast last week on my waking up to narcissism one. And I asked for examples of things that you just like, he knows that people with muscular dystrophy their legs atrophy. So if she has like this musculature on her legs, it can't be a thing. And I did some examples of like somebody that their narcissistic husband told his wife to tell somebody to do a certain thing on the roof. This wife has no idea how to do roofing. So then when she asks this other person, hey, can you do this thing for the roof? She only does it because she heard it from her husband. But then when she told her husband, okay, I did, I told them what you told me. And then he said, I didn't say that. And she said, I have zero idea of how to do what I told this person to do. I've never even heard these words before. So the only reason I know it is because you told me. And he still said, it wasn't me. So I feel like that's that example of where there's certain things like this doctor knows. He knows that you will not have musculature in your legs. Like this woman knows, she knows that I just told somebody to do something on a roof that I've never even heard of in my entire life. And I think those are just those examples of where the crazy person, the narcissist, the DD, they don't know what they don't know. Like they think that they're saying the right thing. You know, does that make sense? Kinda. I know this one drives me crazy in the Vallow case. Cause we're, lost me on that I know. One, and I know and it's okay. Cause I want to talk this one through because I think that this is a thing as a therapist that I see so often where let me go back to like the Lori Vallow case that we're going to cover in the not too distant future. Her husband, Chad, when Chad's wife died and she died under very suspect circumstances, like they've now proven that she was, she was killed when the people came and they said, how did she die? He made up a completely crazy story that he thought was right. And so when the people came and they said, that isn't how it works. Cause he said she fell out of bed. He said she died in the middle of the night. So then her legs were hanging over the bed. So when she died, they got stiff, which probably meant that they got heavy. And then she tipped over out of bed. Like that makes no sense. So when Chad's saying that, oh, that's what happened. Then instantly now the medical people know that isn't what happened. Do you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and it must have been weird. Like you said, he knows. She has muscles on her legs. Yeah. Oh. There's no way she's not paralyzed. And then Dee Dee's looking at him like... She's like, this, th- yeah, this, this is what happened. Okay, let me give you another weird. one. And narcissistic triangulation. So, this one is mind-blowing. So, I still remember a time where I had a woman in my office and her narcissistic husband. And he said, you know what? I went to my doctor today and I was telling my doctor about my wife. And even my doctor thinks that she's depressed and needs medication. So, he thinks that the wife's buying it. Oh my gosh, your doctor thinks I need medication? And he thinks I'm going to go... Holy cow, she must be depressed. But what did I think instead? So hang on. So uh, it takes somebody months to get a doctor's appointment. You've got about five minutes that you may get heard about what you're there for. But you, Mr. Narcissist, were so convincing with that five-minute appointment with this doctor that doesn't know your wife that she was able to gather the data, make a diagnosis, and make a prescription for an antidepressant. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Right? And like, yeah, you were going like, to spend makes that no, time exactly. For- your wife instead of yourself and doesn't matter no doctor would ever say wait person i'm not very familiar with tell me more about this person i don't know for the next two minutes i'll give her a diagnosis and i'll write a prescription no they'd be like tell her to get an appointment yeah and then they would say okay uh why are you here right anyway i know that i'm going on and on but this is that stuff that i just am so fascinated by this as like as a therapist or as a human being this is why it is so i think important to actually tell the truth and be authentic because when you're trying to be somebody that you're not other people know that you're not being real but then what kills me is everybody else is seeing it and nobody would say anything about it till this doctor i looked it up it's actually called the witness apathy so everybody is witnessing this thing, but they're all apathetic. They just don't, nobody wants to do anything about it. And so then the person like Dee Dee gets away with crap for a long time, right? Yeah. But I'm imagining this doctor didn't, nobody said, oh, okay, he's right. And then they went and stopped her. No, they did not. Mm. She kept going. Gosh. So that was in 2007. In 2009, an anonymous caller, and so this could have been the doctor, could have been a different doctor. We still don't know. Mm-hmm. But an anonymous caller actually reports to the police that they don't think Gypsy is as sick as the mother claims. So the police officers do a wellness check to the Blanchard home. And once again, Dee Dee is just able to talk her way out of it. So basically, they confront Dee Dee about lying about her daughter's age and the 
birth certificate. Oh, because remember, it got stuff. destroyed in the flood. Yeah. And so Dee Dee, in her little evil, manipulative mind, immediately comes up with the story that, gosh, this would be really bad if the story was true and I just <laughs> let it up like that. But anyways, that she had lied about the birth certificate to try to get Rod Blanchard away from them, which, no. No, I was going to say, no. no. He's no. paying you a thousand dollars a month like i don't know and and this is where i don't i if somebody is this much of a pathological liar and a compulsive liar there aren't going to be times where but this time she was telling the truth it it, it doesn't work that way no it doesn't and i'm sure that she like drugged up gypsy so much right before that i truly believe that and even if she didn't the amount of mental manipulation going on with that is insane a lot of people are like well why didn't she just stand up right yeah but it's like if she stood up where would they take her her mom was the only person that she had and her mom i guarantee had been just just gaslighting up a storm and making her feel like you're nobody without me we already heard that she hits her with a coat hanger she tries yeah. to stand up you know what's crazy sid i love the way you laid out this case in the beginning because just the fact that i know that it was gypsy that wrote those posts I am so conflicted right now because I can't stand Dee Dee and Gypsy's getting really evil. And now I'm already thinking Gypsy's not getting evil. No, Gypsy's not getting evil. But I don't have no idea how we're going to get to where you told us about in the beginning. So basically, whenever the doctors would tell Dee Dee something that she didn't want to hear, she would just switch doctors. Mm. So that's what she did. Just moved along to the next one. I kind of want to look at this from Gypsy's perspective for a second. Okay. Right. So she's 19 years old. Wow. At this point. Okay. But she thinks she's 15. Like her mom's been telling her she's five years developmentally yeah. delayed. No, not even that. At this point, she changed her whole birth oh, certificate. So that's she right. Oh, she is. Okay. So she is a 15-year-old. She literally thinks everybody. she's 15. Okay. I guess she was just going through some stuff in the house or something. And she came across her Medicaid card. Okay. Um, And it showed her real birth date. Wow, so Gypsy had been in it for so long. She also believed she was 15. Yes. Wow, what a trip. And that's one thing that's really sad about this story is I think she thought she was sick until this point. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. She still thought she was sick. At this point, she was just confused because now it's like, why am I 19? Yeah. And why don't you want other people to know that? I can't imagine what was going through her head. Me neither. Um, But I think that this was definitely a turning point for her. I think she probably started to resent her mom a little bit at this point. Yeah. But I just can't imagine the years of manipulation that were added on top of that, the confusion. It's your own mom. And she's been living with watching her mom gaslight everybody, not take ownership for anything. And that's all she knows. She wasn't allowed to have friends. Yeah. Her mom's everything. 2011, Gypsy meets a 35-year-old man at a sci-fi convention. Because she was into all that, like okay. the like nerdy stuff. Like she loved like Harry Potter, Star Wars. Like she was obsessed with Disney movies, all of that stuff. So she meets this 35-year-old man. And everyone believes she was 15 at this point. So this oh, is not a good not guy. Good. No, I know you want to say her hero. No. no, a creep. But looking at it like that with like Disney movies being her only like oh, way of looking at life. She was waiting. I feel like she was kind of waiting for her Prince Charming to scoop her up. That was the only thing that she was seeing. That's a good take. Gypsy makes plans to meet up with this guy. Okay. So How did she get out of the house to go to the thing? Dee Dee had a computer. So she would use the computer and then she would wait until Dee Dee fell asleep. Wow. Okay. So Dee Dee falls asleep and Gypsy gets a cab, walks straight out of the house and goes to a motel to meet up with this 35-year-old man. Who thinks she's 15. Who thinks she's 15. Okay. And I don't know what he's thinking at this point when she walks into his hotel room and she was wheeled up to him originally at the science or sci-fi, whatever. Do you ever watch those uh, Chris Hansen to catch a predator? Yeah. So I'm sure he was just there to warn her. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah. No, he knew the whole time. Let her know that this is bad. Right. Oh, gosh. So one of Dee Dee's friends actually saw Gypsy while she was going up to the motel and called Dee Dee. So Dee Dee knows now she marches straight to the motel and I guess she came with paperwork showing that her daughter was underage. You know, she meant business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she got her out of okay. there. They got the 19 but 15 year old person that has been gaslit her entire life and her 
35-year-old friend at a motel, and then the crazy mom comes with paperwork to show that she's underage, which she's actually not. That That's a mess. Yeah, a mess. Dee Dee was so mad that I guess she, like, shattered the computer with a hammer. Dang. Um, Where'd she get a hammer? She said, if you ever do that again, I'm going to smash your fingers oh. with the hammer. She was just absolutely terrifying. Um, Gypsy said that she was calling her, like, every name in the book, like... Gypsy called this the bad times. Dee Dee took a dog leash and clipped it to a pair of handcuffs and clipped that to Gypsy's bed and left her chained there for two weeks. So she's insane. Yeah. I guess at this point, Dee Dee also convinced the lawyers to draw papers that said that Dee Dee was incompetent. So if the police were to come again, she could show them the papers. And that she's like legally insane. So there's like nothing. Like at this point, Gypsy's already tried to escape. It didn't work. She's starting to figure out that, that her whole life at this point has been kind of a sham. Yeah, her mom, the one person who's supposed to be protecting her, the one who's taking her on all these trips, who's letting her do all these fun things, is the person who's literally ruining her. And I'm sure, like, that slow realization, I'm sure there was denial involved with that. Yeah. And... I just, that's very twisted. Dee Dee gets a new computer and Gypsy is sneaking on it again at night. Mm. You can imagine at this point, Gypsy is completely isolated. She's yeah. confused. She's sick. And she got a little taste of the outside world. Just a tiny taste. Yeah. And it's all through her computer. Yeah. At of. this point. So this online life becomes her entire life. This computer is her, like you said, sliver into the outside world. <laughs> she signs up for this Christian dating website. Interesting. And this is when she meets Nicholas Godejohn. And they immediately are, like, obsessed with each other. They're talking obsessively every single night. And this goes on for years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let's talk about Nicholas. Who is Nicholas Godejohn? He was born May 20th, 1989 in in Wisconsin. I think Big Bend, Wisconsin. His parents divorced when he was pretty young, I think like three or four years old. And he grew up with his single mom in Missouri. He said that he was always very alone as a child. Mm. His dad said it was hard for him to make friends. He's just kind of more to himself. He was very high on the autism spectrum. Oh, okay. So yeah, he was in special education throughout all of his education. He said that he was the smartest in his class because I guess his autism was like high functioning. Mm. So he graduates high school, whatever. I guess he wanted to become a computer engineer. So I'm sure he went to college. Yeah. But I get he said that they weren't like patient enough for him to figure it all out so he didn't do that he was very lonely um did you read the next one i mean at the beginning of the episode we already had to click the explicit rating about 15 times right so is this a quote from a news story that you're about to say or is this your summary this is his charge i know i don't know if this is a charge so i don't think well, that that's like what a, happened okay but i mean did you interpret what you read and this is your interpretation yes or, okay he was arrested for jacking off in a mcdonald's for nine hours <laughs> i'm just gonna let that one sit i have so many questions i don't want to know the answer to a single no. one of them. No, you don't. Um, and I guess when they arrested him, he like had a weapon. I don't know if he was doing anything with it, but he had one. So yeah, this very interesting guy we've laid out here. Yeah. Yeah. So he meets Gypsy online and they're talking every single night. Gypsy and Nick were like in love at this point, but they had never met in person. They were only talking online. So they plan a little date. But Gypsy knew that Dee Dee would never allow her to mm-hmm. go out on a date with boys. Boys were completely out of the picture. Relationships were not allowed. All of that stuff. And of course, when you tell a kid not to do something, that's all they're going to want to do. Yeah. So she sends him $400 and he gets a bus ticket and they plan to meet at the Cinderella live action movie theater wow. together. But Dee Dee's not going to know. They just planned on like kind of bumping into each other. And I then, see. Making it look random. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess Gypsy's hope was that Dee Dee would just be like, 
oh my god, this is a nice man. Why don't you come home with us? You know? Yeah, and stay forever. But obviously that's not what happened. No. So they get into the movie theater and Nicholas approached Dee Dee and Gypsy and kind of introduced himself and stuff. And Dee Dee was just creeped out by him immediately. She was not into it. Dee Dee sits down. Like, Dee Dee sits down in her seat, and then Gypsy sits right next to her, and then Nicholas comes and sits right next to Gypsy. And Dee Dee was like, no, this guy's weird. Gypsy, come on. So Dee Dee moves, like, a couple seats down, and Gypsy just, like, ignored her and wouldn't go with her, I guess. Okay. So her and Nick are, like, holding hands, I guess, secretly the whole movie and stuff. And then Nick says he's going to go get popcorn or something. And Gypsy says she's going to go to the bathroom. And they meet back in the men's bathroom and have sex. Mm. So, yeah. So then they so then they go back to the movie theater. And this is also how, like, just how she lost her virginity. I don't know. That's just kind of sad. It is. They go back and they finish watching the movie. And then Dee Dee takes Gypsy home. And Gypsy's asking her, like, so what do you think about that guy? Like, ooh. And Dee Dee's just like, he was a creep. Why was he alone in a Cinderella live action movie? Where point. is his where's his daughter? Where's his girlfriend? Like, why is he here? And she just would have nothing to do with it. So Gypsy just continued to keep it to herself and only talked to him online. And their relationship continued to grow and grow. But obviously Gypsy knew that Dee Dee would have never approved of it. And she soon confides in him that she can walk mm. and that her mom is abusing her. So this is like already a trauma bond, oh, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, yes. Gypsy got in like a specifically really bad fight with her mom, I guess. And that's when she confided in him that she was being abused. And it's unclear exactly how it was asked. There's multiple different accounts from both of them. They both have kind of different stories on how this went. Uh -huh. But in court, Gypsy says that she asked Nick if he could kill her mom for oh, her. Oh, wow. Okay. What? So... And that when you say different accounts, and does Nicholas have his own take on that? Or yeah. Well, so it's just, it's kind of Gypsy who goes back and forth, oh, I would say. okay, okay. Because sometimes she acts like he kind of manipulated yeah. her. okay. But then it seems like, it, I don't know, this case is really weird in this sense. Well, again, go back to the fact that she was modeled not taking ownership or accountability of anything. So maybe yeah. in one minute she's like, what was I, I, I was so abused. I mean, what was I supposed to do in another minute? Maybe it's, and then Nicholas brought it up and I didn't want to. Who knows? And yeah, like maybe there, I'm sure there was manipulation. Mm -hmm. Was it intentional? Does right. that matter if it was intentional, if it happened? I don't know. It's it's like this case was really throwing me for a loop for the fact that there are a lot of kind of inconsistencies with that. And it really like, it makes you fight for what side you're on. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly I it. feel like everyone was a victim. Yeah. Genuinely. Oh, I, I feel bad for- Nick, I feel bad for Gypsy. I feel bad for Dee Dee because who knows what I just it's just all bad. It is. Kind of. It really is. Nicholas had this thing he called his dark side. He had like different characters and Gypsy would make up characters to match his characters. So they would like kind of role play together. Okay. Um, They had like a bunch of different ones. Like I, Gypsy had like six different characters for like all of her different moods and then he had his own characters that like corresponded to that if that makes sense it, like, it does she had like bunny and like bella and like one of them was like sexy and one of them was like evil uh -huh. and one of them was like you know she had all these different personalities and i kind of think that i don't know i think maybe he was using that to kind of s take himself out of the murder mm. Like saying, oh, it's my dark side doing it, not me. Yeah. I, I, this is, we go back to the things that people say that they don't know is really a silly thing to say. So if somebody literally has dissociative identity disorder, they're not going to have that kind of awareness even to blame it on their other personality because they're just going to slip in and out of their other personality. So if they're like, oh man, it's my, uh, it's my alter ego, Kevin, you know, it's kind of not the way it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's one where he's looking for excuses. He was also very into BDSM. So he mm. was kind of bringing her into that. And just so I, Gypsy, this is her first relationship ever. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It's she, just not she, I mean, again, round. she could be easily manipulated. I mean, that's obvious. But also she could be manipulating him. It's yeah, just also. It, you're right. It's all bad. They began talking more and more about this murder and how they're going to do it 
when they're going to do it. Wow. They went through like a million different ways of doing it in their head. Nicholas says later, like, at first we thought about poisoning her, but we didn't know how to. He wanted to do it with a gun, but he didn't want it to be too loud. And then there's one account where Gypsy says that Nicholas told her that he wanted to stab Oh wow. Dee Dee, like specifically stab her. But then Nicholas in another account says that, oh, he just was doing that because they wanted to do the quickest way with the least pain. So there's just so much so back many and stories. forth. Yeah. But we do have the text messages. And oh, really? Yeah. The text messages show that it was very, very premeditated. Let's move on to the night of the murder. Okay. So June 9th. Gypsy and her mom actually get in an argument, and Gypsy says that Dee Dee's last words to her were, don't hurt me, which is just kind of crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Gypsy leaves the door unlocked, and at 2 a.m., she texts Nick that she's ready to go. They go back and forth a couple times. He asks if Dee Dee's a light sleeper. The way they talk is... It's like so cold? It's very creepy. It's like he's like the master, and she's like... I guess that's what they were into. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's just very weird vibes. Gypsy brings him the supplies. I think it was like duct tape and the knife. And he orders her to go to the bathroom. So Gypsy goes into the bathroom and she said she curled up in a ball and just waited. At this point, Nick says that there was an angel and a devil on his shoulder, Mm. I guess. And he said that the angel said, take her and run. And that the devil said, that bitch is dead. Wow. And he said that in that moment, he listened to the devil, I guess, for whatever reason. Yeah. Which it's like, why are you even saying that? Because you're literally saying that in the moment you thought about not doing it. Well, and I think that's the part where he thinks that that people are going to go, oh my gosh, you were possessed by these two forces and poor you. The devil got the best of you. But you're right. He's literally, that. that is not the way, uh, I feel that's not the way that works. No. Yeah. No, no, no. So he listens to the devil, I guess. And he goes into Dee Dee's bedroom where she's sleeping and he begins to stab her. And I guess she woke up and she was like, who are you? And he said, your worst nightmare or something. Like he thinks he's, he really thinks he's like Freddy Krueger or something. Like get off your high horse. Oh my (laughs) God. So then she cries out for Gypsy. And Gypsy said that she heard it in the bathroom and she just waited there for it to be over. And he continued to stab her 14 times and she dies. And then he goes over to Gypsy in the bathroom and I guess she takes a shower and shaves her Mm. important areas Mm -hmm. and then they have sex oh. in the house. While she's still there dead, Dee Dee's dead. Yeah. That's wild. And there was, again, one account, and this is horrible if this is true, where Gypsy said that Nicholas told her that he wanted to rape Dee Dee. Oh. And she was like, no, please don't do this. Rape me instead. And then that's where that happened. Okay. Oh. And then it's just, it is all just so confusing because then they go and so run off to a motel together. Then, or is that the Facebook post? No, text? not yet. Okay. So then they go off to a motel together and they're like seemingly in love. Like there's videos that come out of them like just giggling and laughing right wow. after. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's all very. I don't even know what to think crazy yeah now we're getting into the world of like what psychopathy i mean psychopath kind of a vibe or i don't know oh i forgot to mention that gypsy said that nick then asked her to clean up naked because it like turned him on or something oh, man. and then they clean up with literally like paper towels and some cleaner and like rags just like don't really do that great of a job and then they just go off to the motel so i think they spent the night there and they got four thousand dollars out from the bank and then they went to the post office and mailed the murder weapon to nicholas's house in missouri i just want to ask why but i guess gypsy thought that if they got caught with it on the train they would get in trouble oh so mail it i guess yeah they get on a greyhound bus and 
they take it back to Missouri where Nicholas's mom picks them up at 3 a.m. Nicholas tells her that Gypsy's this homeless girl who just like got in a fight with her mom and that she just needs somewhere to stay for a couple days. Mm. And Nicholas's mom says she remembers just being like, what is going on? on because i guess gypsy just ended up staying there for like multiple days and she said that one time gypsy like walked down in her kitchen and was like don't worry like i'll clean up after like i'll clean everything up i'm gonna get a job today and the mom was just like what who is this This homeless girl now she's moving in Yeah. yeah and i guess nicholas's dad said that the only thing weird that he could tell from the situation was that she was wearing like a really obvious wig because oh she had a shaved head and maybe she was trying to hide her identity or something so they're just hanging out at nicholas's house and gypsy starts to feel guilty because they hadn't seen anything come out on the news about her mom oh um so gypsy just knew that she was just sitting there and nobody knew anything about it wow okay so it's been a few days it's been nothing's okay four days at this point so it's june 14th and this is when gypsy puts out the facebook post that says this bitch is dead and and who i'm trying to remember it's been a whole day was it on the mom's facebook account yeah so they had like a shared daughter facebook account wow that post goes out and everyone in the community is absolutely horrified and confused as you can imagine like nobody knows what to do so the neighbors i guess gypsy had like the tiniest connection with this neighbor girl like she barely ever got to see her but they had spoken a couple times okay so this neighbor girl and the mom go over to the house and i guess they they call the police and then i guess one of them went through the window which is like what are you doing going on the crime scene (laughs) but they saw that like gypsy's wheelchair was empty so now everyone's in even more of a panic because it's like this girl doesn't have her meds She doesn't have her legs. She's like, it's just everyone is in a panic. Mm -hmm. So the police arrive at the crime scene and they walk inside. And I guess one police officer said that at first everything seemed normal. They go inside the bedroom and immediately they're faced with just a horrible, brutal, awful crime scene. Dee Dee's laying face down in her own bed, just... Stabbed. Yes. 14 um, times? Is that what it said? Okay. Mm-hmm. So police get to investigating immediately. And I guess that little neighbor girl had told them that Gypsy had told them that she had been talking to a guy online. And this little girl also knew about, I guess, this Facebook profile that Nicholas and Gypsy actually shared together. Oh, So they would talk on this like personal account just for like them two, I guess. Yeah. And so the police go into this account and from there, they're able to track like the IP address from all the posts back to Nicholas's house. Oh. And they've got him basically, right? Yeah. So they go straight to Missouri to arrest Nicholas. And I think it was like, it was late at night. Him and Gypsy were sleeping in bed. And he said that he just remembers them banging on the door. Nicholas, go to Joan, like, come out, we're arresting you. They didn't even know Gypsy was there at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay. So him and Gypsy run into the closet and they're just, they're trying to get their story straight at this point, like what they're going to say to the police. Mm -hmm. And then he said that Gypsy just got up and walked out with her hands up. And it was just... The police were shocked to see this girl walking, to see her here in the alive. Uh, yeah. It was baffling to everyone. So they are both arrested at this point. I watched both of their full like interrogation clips. Oh, I want to watch that. We'll put yeah. the links in the notes. They're okay. just, it's crazy to see. So they both start with this, like this fake story that Gypsy just ran away from her mom and they just got in a fight and they both try to like play it off like they have no idea that Gypsy's mom is even dead. But Nick, he gives it away pretty fast, unfortunately for him. And they get him talking. Gypsy, she plays it off completely. They're like, your mom's dead. And she's like, what? Like she puts on her Oscar winning performance. She's a pro. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of where a lot of media took it and was like, Gypsy is a demon kind of thing because she's doing this. But again, she was raised by a master manipulator. She really was. So. And that's like, at what point do you, where's the accountability lie? Because then it sounded like Didi's mom was the same. And then it was Didi and then it was Gypsy. Not that it makes it right, but that's, that's crazy. And then you have to imagine at this point, like, 
she's just going to say whatever she can to get out of jail. Yeah, absolutely. She went from one prison to another, uh, you know? Oh, that's deep. You just got the title of the podcast saw right that there. from a video. Oh, okay. But you said it so good. That was so good. So what happened? They So they get arrested. Were they tried separate, I would imagine? Yeah, they yeah, were tried okay. separately. In Gypsy's trial, she got 10 years in prison, eight until she could get parole. That does not seem like a lot. Does it? I don't think she should be in prison at all. Okay, see, I'm now going back and forth because... So you don't think she really had it any, like, do you feel like she was just manipulated the whole time? I think that she went through 17 years of 18, 19, 24 yeah, I see years what you're of saying. child abuse. The, the prison, one prison to the next. She had no, Yeah. she had no other option. Like she had the police come into her house and Didi talked them out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She tried to yes, escape I see and what Didi you're chained her to a yes, bed. Yes, yes, yes. It's almost like a, you could almost argue the self-defense. Yeah, it's. I, I just feel like she. It was Man. her last resort, and it wasn't okay, obviously. But, but oh gosh, yeah. I almost wanted to say, Sid, edit out that part where I'm like, that's not enough. <laughs> but we're being real, right? <laughs> no, no. Well, it's confusing. It, and that's it is, my point. And, I, and I appreciate that because it's. It is the thing where, like, you could argue. I feel like you could argue self defense, and then if she wouldn't have done it, I mean, she would have died. Yes. Yeah. Someone was going to die. And that's, again, what I, I feel like yeah. I, we were talking wow. about earlier was like, it was never going to have a happy ending. No, it wasn't. Unless somebody would have. Because Dee was never going to have her aha moment. It was going to get worse. Dude, It's it was never going to have a happy ending unless an adult stepped in. Mm -hmm. And no adult ever stepped in. And Gypsy, a child, had to figure out how to save herself. Wow, look at it that way. And like with all these years of manipulation being built on top of her, I don't really. And these Disney movies, too. Not to. Disney, but like, <laughs> just like this fantasy yeah. land yeah. of like, I need my prince. I want to my prince charming to me. save me and yeah. to kill the evil witch. Whoa! It's really, I I just can't. I have a hard time not being on her side. I wish they would have sent her to somewhere where she could have gotten an education mm -hmm, and therapy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. So she's still yeah okay. She's still in jail. Um, she just got married. Oh wow! In jail, so go off um nicholas Godejohn, he got life in prison okay and he to this day is still in love with gypsy in one of his jailhouse interviews it was just kind of eerie he said that if he had to he would do it again but wow. he would do it differently and when asked like how he would do it differently i guess he said that their alternative plan was to get gypsy pregnant so that dd Dee Dee would be forced to allow Nick into the family. Oh, so and he maybe said he could have rescued her from within, kind of a thing, was his thought. That's not what he said, though. No. He just literally wanted to have a baby. Oh. And it's like, no, the, the right thing would have been to tell someone and get her out of that situation, yeah. right? Maybe not baby trap. Yeah. Sid, I really appreciate the way you sum that up at the end because I'm I'm kind of reeling a little bit because if I really look at it from her being abused her entire life, it really does. It's like she's going to get out of there however she can. And and I work with so many people that are in emotionally or physically or financially or sexually abusive relationships that then we talk about trauma and the body keeps the score. And so sometimes when people try to go back into bad relationships, they literally will like, I've had people that they've had strokes, they've had heart attacks, they get high blood pressure. And so it's like their body eventually is going to say, I don't know how else to get your attention. And if you are going to keep going back in there, something's going to happen. So in a weird way, it's almost like Gypsy's whole, you know, body keeps the score or way to deal with trauma is she will do anything to get out of it, including murder or have her mom murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. It's, it's, yeah, it's like sad that the stakes were that high. Yeah. It's almost like her body, her brain, whatever was saying, I, I there's the only way I can get out of this. Her mom like created yeah. this like yeah. I, I i'm not to be like she should have seen it coming but it's like you you raised that child like she was gonna grow up and be the product of what you raised yeah. and inevitably that was manipulative and you got murdered i don't know where i'm going with that no, but do you know like, what yeah. I'm oh no i totally I oh 100 i do i was letting you go there because <laughs> i thought you were about to say this dramatic thing and drop the mic and walk out. No, not that. 
But I think that's pretty much it. it. Leaves you with a weird feeling. It does, but it leaves me. It does honestly leave me thinking. And I appreciate you doing all your research. I I once just want to say again, like I don't know. Everyone's a victim. I feel bad already. Like yeah, everybody's it's like, a victim. It's like Dee Dee Gypsy was a victim of Dee Dee, who was a victim of her mom, and Nick was a victim of Gypsy. But I don't even want to say that because he also manipulated her like just, well and nick was came from his own pretty crappy childhood as yeah. well every everybody's a mess sid thanks for all the work you did murder on the couch episode three in the books should we tell a knock knock joke like how do we bring the vibes home? do you know a good knock knock no. joke have you used uh, chat gbt much at all no okay i so. i actually a bit asked it to tell me jokes so should we end it with like artificial intelligence telling a joke no it's gonna be stupid it's not they're like really good and you can be really specific about it too so um watch this are you ready okay chat gbt what do you want the knock knock joke to be about i did one the other day and i said give me a narcissist knock knock joke and it came back with one right away okay so let's see if we can get it to tell a oh what about a uh, i was gonna say do we do a knock knock joke about murder (laughs) or it might it might say that that's not very funny okay here we go you can do whatever you want but nobody's watching anymore yes they are tell me a knock <laughs> knock joke everyone has about true crime the building they're not they're here watch this watch this artificial i don't blame you guys it's okay. okay here we go knock knock who's there ted ted who ted bundy lee murdered punchlines but this joke is killer wow that did not even make any sense okay but watch this <laughs> generate the response okay here we go sense here we go what's that knock knock who's there ted ted who Ted Bundy, but don't worry. I'm just kidding. Let's stick to the lighter side of true crime jokes, shall we? That's not even funny. That literally is not a joke. That's not a joke at all. Uh, okay, okay, tell bye. me a joke bye, about bye, bye. chips. Okay, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>